Good morning, Varendra. Thank you so much for joining us on this HFS video cast. How are you doing today? Awesome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to jump into this interesting conversation around rewiring CX that we've been having that's been evolving over the last few months and, and years. So um, would you start please with giving us a bit of an introduction to yourself? So uh, my name is Birendra Sen. I run the BPO business of Tech Mahindra. We call it Tech Mahindra BPS. Uh, we are 60,000 people uh, spread across the globe, uh, right from the West Coast to Christchurch in New Zealand, uh, and uh, serving uh, over 200 customers uh, in improving their uh, CX journeys. So quite excited to be uh, speaking to you, Melissa, and uh, sharing uh, thoughts on what we see in the industry, as well as uh, where our focus area is. Awesome. That sounds great. So we've been having this conversation with you guys, with a lot of your clients, a lot of other enterprise customers and buyers, and it seems as though there's a shift underway where folks are really looking to start to reimagine um, and really rewire the way that they approach their customer experience. Uh, so I'd love to hear from you on what you're seeing and if you can share what your vision of what that looks like. I think uh, we look at experiences from many different perspectives, Melissa. Uh, we call it human-centered experiences. Uh, and that covers you know, end users or customers or employees, partners, uh, you know, whether it is physical or digital experiences, we, uh, uh, we look at all those perspectives. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, you know, one of our key uh, uh, thrust areas has been to help customers right from building a CX strategy uh, to design of services, building and deploying the services uh, using technology as well as people. Uh, and then subsequently uh, continuously measure, analyze and continuously improve these experiences, right? And uh, what's really interesting for me is that uh, CX for us is uh, really tangible and measurable uh, and uh, that keeps us honest, uh, whether it is gaining promoters, improving engagement, uh, reducing customer effort, uh, revenue generation, getting more customers on board and getting more out of customers. Uh, as well as improving time to market for our new products and services, uh, we are helping our customers achieve these uh, outcomes uh, in a very, very cost-effective manner. And, uh, uh, and I think that's what uh, our end-to-end -end ecosystem around CX uh, delivers. Uh, I think a large part of that is also uh, proven transformation levers uh, uh, that, uh, that we leverage to help our customers transform and digitize uh, end-to-end -end customer journeys and value chains. Uh, and across these perspectives, we can help customers in all stages, right from strategy and execution, right? So uh, I think uh, if, if, you, uh, if I was to summarize, I think in today's world, what's also very important is having a toolkit for uh, rapid adoption of tech. Uh, and that's what bring, we bring on the table. We believe that tech can solve uh, pretty much every problem. Uh, we just need to find the right combination of uh, tech and amazing people to execute with speed and quality. Uh, and that's what we, we bring on the table from targeted bots to simplify a process using analytics, AI, ML to drive personalization, recommendations, 
uh, to conversational bots uh, and setting up new CX technology. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're not setting one new uh, one from scratch, uh, you know, even transforming your existing one, we, we do it all. And, uh, and so uh, I think we're very well placed in terms of our vision of uh, CX in terms of, uh, you know, br uh, bringing this end-to-end -end ecosystem using our own IP acquired entities and a set of strategic partners to solve customer problems in the CX domain. Itself. Awesome. Thanks for that insight. Um, very interested to understand how this has changed over the last couple of years in an increasingly um, virtual world that we're living in. And you know, you mentioned the toolkit and how important some of those AI and analytics tools are. Um, how does that fit into this in terms of, are we really going sort of digital first, if you will? Is that the vision that you see? And, and how is the, the whole remote and hybrid world impacting that? Uh, I think uh, the last two years have been the best education that all of us could have got in the industry. I think, uh, uh, if you look, uh, I mean, to your question of whether digital first is the new way of CX, uh, I think so. Uh, uh, if you look at the brands that are winning hearts and minds of customers today, they are digital natives. And, uh, and the reason for them, uh, the way I look at it is quite simple. Uh, they have visibility of customer journeys from a data standpoint. Uh, using insights, uh, 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 they can drive uh, improvements rapidly in those user journeys, uh, and they can do that at very low cost. Uh, so digital native brands are, uh, are adapting at a speed that is uh, really amazing to see. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, it's, I'm not surprised that they're winning. Um, you know, on the flip side, you compare that to someone who has a traditional stack uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you want to change the process, consider the cost of IT changes in the underlying systems, managing change in people uh, and, uh, and processes in bespoke unconnected channels, and, and then not knowing the real-time impacts of whatever changes you've brought in, right? Uh, uh, but, you know, all is not uh, over and lost. I think, uh, you know, service providers like us and partners like us can help uh, even the traditional firms uh, get uh, get digital uh, in a very agile way because, uh, uh, because we've been there, done that with multiple customers uh, and we can accelerate the, uh, the process using uh, the toolkits that I previously mentioned. Great. And I want to touch on another piece that you alluded to, which is, you know, not just having the right tools, but having the right people. And it seems as though there's a real awakening around employee experience and knowing that there has to be an increased investment and attention to the way that employees engage with their employer and how they're able to empower customer experience. So how do you see that? EX playing in this new virtual world and how is Tech Mahindra approaching that with its employees? I think uh, firstly, uh, uh, as I touched upon it earlier, our, our thinking is uh, uh, around experience is much more holistic uh, and we look at it from many different dimensions. Uh, and so EX is no different from CX, uh, the same principles apply. Uh, we have to look at the brand. Uh, we uh, and for a strong brand, we have to continuously evolve our culture as well. One of the things I'm telling my team is uh, that by 
taking a particular decision, uh, uh, would people queue up to join us? Uh, and uh, uh, Melissa, you'll be surprised the kind of thinking uh, and culture change that bringing about uh, because uh, because then whether we look at journeys from pre-hiring to hiring to onboarding to the first 90 days to the first anniversary to you know career progression uh, uh, you know every touch point uh, we're taking decisions every day on uh, on things that uh, impact uh, uh, either improve or uh, uh, you know impact in a negative way the experience of uh, our employees and and it makes us much more sensitive uh, to the ways of working in the virtual world uh, as well. And each of these journeys, uh, uh, what we're doing is uh, implementing a real-time uh, measurement process in terms of collecting feedback uh, so that we can continuously improve uh, each of these journeys. I think specifically in the virtual world, uh, uh, there are two aspects to it, right? One, uh, uh, it's not as simple as just implementing the office and environment on Zoom or on Teams. Uh, I think it, it requires a complete design change in the ways of working. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we've built a capability in-house, but we've also made uh, acquisitions that we've recently announced to bolster our, uh, our offerings in the area. Uh, from a uh, from a softer standpoint, uh, you know the feedback that I get from teams is that uh, while we may have been distant uh, over the last two years, uh, but we've been far more connected uh, than we've ever been because uh, the concern for each other's well-being has uh, has uh, has actually overpowered and encouraged everybody to uh, to uh, be in touch with our uh, employees much more than we previously did, which is really heartening. Yeah, definitely one of the positives. If you're going to look on the bright side of the pandemic, it's it's brought a, a bit more humanity into the workplace. And that's definitely a positive thing. Agree with you there. Um, what about around sort of the skills required and the training? Um, we've been talking about this kind of digital fluency, you know, as employees now have a lot more information at their fingertips you're making investments in AI and analytics, which are giving them more information to use potentially, um, you know, to make better decisions. How do you approach training and skilling a workforce, perhaps that uh, wasn't used to using so many of these tools, perhaps is more used to reading scripts um, traditionally in this type of role? How are you approaching that and making sure that people are equipped with the data, the information, and the skills that they have to do their jobs? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Melissa. I think uh, the way we are uh, uh, addressing it is three ways. Uh, uh, one is to create what I call a hybrid workforce, right? Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, we've got uh, uh, just under 60,000 employees uh, in TechEm's uh, BPS business just now. Um, and uh, and that continues to grow, right? But to supplement that, we have over twenty thousand bots in action, uh, and uh, uh, and the bots are at work twenty four seven. So you know, you multiply that by three, I can safely say that uh, half of our workload is currently being done by bots. So I think that's uh, uh, that's one thrust area that uh, we as a leadership team are continuing to push on, uh, which is virtualization of the workforce. 
I think the second area is creating a workforce with uh, next generation skills. Uh, and these skills are in the areas of design thinking, data sciences, hyper automation. Uh, we've currently got uh, uh, 1500 of those, uh, uh, those talented uh, uh, young individuals uh, on our teams. And we are continuing to grow that. That uh, workforce is growing faster uh, than the uh, overall base. Uh, uh, the way we feed that skill pool is both internal training and career progression, as well as hiring from outside. Uh, and the third one, which I, uh, I think the industry should do more of is with this uh, increased uh, automation. Um, what, uh, what is happening is that the residual work is quite complex and the complexity there is increasing. And that means uh, to deal with these complex queries are uh, our frontline uh, staff uh, across all channels uh, actually need more complex skills and higher proficiency in those skills to deal with complex queries. And we've got uh, 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 we've got a program going where uh, we've mandated two weeks of training for every employee. Plus, we've got a digital university which has access to thousands of uh, uh, of courses for self learning uh, for all our employees. Super. Okay, so you've done a great deal of investment in this skills piece, the design thinking. I couldn't agree more. That's going to become so important, especially as you look through this human centric lens of, you know, holistic experience. Um, couldn't be more important to have that. What about this issue, which I think is probably the biggest of 2022 that everyone's talking about of this great resignation or reshuffle or however you want to put it, you know, you've got these fantastic talented people. How do you be sure to retain them and cultivate that culture um, has has the great resignation affected you and your clients and how are you how are you dealing with it yeah uh, again a great question right so uh, i personally feel a lot has been made of uh, the great resignation i think uh, 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 before and after uh, uh, nothing much has changed those organizations who were really strong in listening to employees uh, and uh, working with them on uh, on designing career paths and helping employees achieve those career objectives, uh, they are sitting pretty, uh, and they're able to attract more talent. And and uh, luckily, we find ourselves uh, uh, in that uh, in that position uh, uh, before and after. We haven't seen a a, a large. Uh, uh, change uh, in uh, either our ability to attract talent or to retain them, right? Uh, specifically for our customers, uh, uh, I think we've seen a huge demand for, again, those specialist skills, uh, whether it is analytics, data sciences, uh, consulting, program management, uh, because these are quite fungible skills and, and with the uh, with the boon in uh, uh, you know uh, startups and product companies, uh, 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 the the career prospects are quite bright for this kind of a skill set. Uh, we have again got a pretty robust way of addressing this talent pool both internally and externally, and we have helped customers when uh, when the need arises. We're also seeing another impact uh, of uh, this great resignation, particularly in, in these skill sets that I mentioned, where customers are actually looking at 
looking at global delivery centers rather than the traditional uh, sources of talent uh, and also open to discussions about price increases and and making sure that uh, uh, that uh, uh, you know the working conditions and the working hours etc for uh, for the staff are quite attractive great that sounds like all positive news and it's really heartening to hear that it hasn't affected you guys um because you have that foundation. So uh, really great to hear because I think it's something your clients are, are probably gonna be struggling with um, this year and moving forward. So Baron, in uh, last month's roundtable, which was supported by Tech Mahindra and we participated together, uh, was a great discussion. We had about uh, 20 plus actually enterprise delegates in various roles across uh, automation and experience design and each had a, a different perspective and, and uh, hand in the, the CX design at their firms. Uh, what we found from those delegates were that their top challenge was around data. So around data quality uh, and also around um, data being siloed across the customer lifecycle and, and stuck in various parts of the enterprise's systems. So would like to get from your perspective, what, uh, how are you tackling this data challenge with your customers or how are you helping them with it, if you will? And then what do you see as a successful strategy to, to tackle this data challenge? Thanks, Melissa. Uh, actually, the HFS roundtable was a fantastic session to hear from 20 leaders across the globe and uh, across industries was uh, very enriching for me personally. Uh, uh, I think the data question is probably the most relevant one uh, when we talk about CX and uh, we're looking at it in, uh, in four stages, right? The first one is collection of data and storage of data, uh, which I think uh, is an important question because if we don't get this right, uh, the rest of this strategy falls apart. And, uh, and the questions to really ask are, are we capturing the right data uh, and rich data that matters to the context uh, of when and where we are measuring that data. Uh, storage, I won't touch upon because I think cloud is uh, revolutionizing the way uh, data is getting stored and is available for any usage. I think the second area uh, that is really important is uh, are we converting the right data uh, into the insights uh, that help us and our customers run uh, our businesses better and take more informed decisions. Uh, you know, everybody talks about the power of AI and ML, uh, but really converting uh, raw data and uh, uh, allow, allowing context along with algorithms to actually predict and prescribe what can happen in the future. Uh, I think those kind of insights, uh, uh, are, the, are we doing enough to solve real business problems? Uh, so that's the second thrust area. I think the third uh, area uh, that I'm particularly passionate about is uh, uh, data democracy. Uh, I think uh, uh, long has data been held and uh, controlled by you know, the CIO function or, uh, or by people who are data scientists, et cetera. Why can't business people actually work with data uh, as and when they want to and run the same algorithms without understanding the science behind it. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I call it democratization of data. Uh, it's a big thrust for us and ensuring data and insights are available to decision makers on their fingertips 
and they don't need to be data scientists to make sense of it. Uh, I think is the third uh, area. And finally, what do we do with all this? Uh, uh, you know, we are calling it data monetization, which is using these insights uh, and uh, uh, and driving superior outcomes. Whether it is you know improved CX, attracting and retaining more customers, um, generating more lifetime value per customer, or improving operating costs by running processes more efficiently. Those are monetizing use cases of different types of data that we collect, right? And what we're doing is making a end-to-end -end, uh, platform available to our customers. It's called Seer. I think you know about it, uh, which is uh, you know which captures this entire life cycle uh, and has multiple use cases already built on it. Uh, and uh, customers are liking it. So, uh, 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 so I'm quite uh, confident that if uh, if any organization actually focuses on these four things, uh, we'll solve this data problem, but it's not easy. Absolutely. Um, I think all four resonate uh, with our audience for sure. And it's it's easier said than done, but it's it's so important to have this philosophy and this strategy behind it in order to, uh, to execute. So thanks for that. Um, one last question for you, Baron. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, if you could make one prediction this year about customer experience, what would it be? 2022 customer experience will be. Uh, that's a great question, Melissa. So uh, I don't think we've seen disruption yet in CX. Uh, I think uh, there's more to come and uh, at a larger speed driven by tech and driven by uh, amazing people. Uh, uh, that's what I'd say. I think uh, 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 I think one CX will become e uh, increasingly more important uh, even than what it is today. Uh, and second, the way CX is delivered, uh, experiences created, uh, is going to further accelerate in terms of transformation we've seen. Super. I, I couldn't agree more. I love that prediction. I think there's still so much, you know, we've been talking for years and years about automation and analytics and and intelligent automation and how that's going to impact um, CX. And it feels as though we've just scratched the surface for some of that stuff. Um, and absolutely, there's, there's a lot from uh, taking the capability to connect CX with EX and align those outcomes. Uh, so I'm ex excited to see what's in store for that. And uh, it's always really great to hear from leaders like yourself on uh, what your vision is for that. So. Looking forward to seeing that that disruption and seeing it evolve this year. Thank you so much, Verendra, for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure chatting with you as always and look forward to our next one. We'll catch Thank you next you, time. Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. And you asked some really uh, great questions, uh, made me think as well. Uh, I, I look forward to you know remaining in touch and also uh, engaging with uh, uh, with HFS to continuously drive uh, uh, what we believe could be the right model for succeeding in creating amazing experiences for customers. Super. Thanks, Brenda. Thank you. Bye-bye.